It's Cofield and Company on the road. Right now, you got to do that sometimes. Yeah. Got to hustle. As I just waste 10 more seconds. No. No, <laughs> there should be requirements to buy these things. Pay attention, young man, okay? There's a method to the madness. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Sam Town Eastside, come on over, stop in, get a T-shirt, watch the Golden Knights game. We'll be here until 8 o'clock. We're also signing people up for a chance to win a Golden Knights jersey. You know, we've been giving away a bunch of jerseys the last couple weeks. Last week we gave away uh, jerseys and then one lucky winner. Got tickets to the game tonight over at the Fortress. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Uh, Angel's out here helping us out. You looked uh, perplexed, surprised, happy about something. Some story just come across? No, no. Just, I, there's almost nothing I like better than uh, Twitter trending topics. And number one on Twitter right now is the Hornets because they're getting blasted. Right. And everybody's just ripping them. And number two, La Russa. Yep. It's perfect. Yeah. If you missed the La Russa stuff, we'll hit that at Teasboard at, uh, at around 522. Later this hour, we're going to get a preview of another one of the Raiders' opponents coming to town and we'll see if their fans are going to show up here. I think this is actually one of the markets. There's going to be a lot of obnoxious Eagles fans who will be in town. So, uh, good luck. Good luck. I think, I think it might be okay in the stadium, outside the stadium, on the streets of Vegas, on the Strip. Uh, be careful. They also, Raider Nation is coming. They also might stink. Well, it, it's one of those games that we talked about predictions last week. I think that has to be a win. Yeah. It has to be a win. All right, big five time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Yeah, we mentioned the Larusa, you know, freaking your mean Mercedes, ignoring the sign, hitting a bomb off a forty-seven mile an hour pitch. Uh, you know why I'm defending? I'm really defending both guys. Because I do have an affinity for short, stocky, fat baseball players. You love uh, Vogelbach. Oh, yeah. And then and the, uh, just the kid for the Jays you love, oh, too. Oh, the Jays. Uh, what is it? Is it uh, Alexander Kirk or whatever his name is? He And he's, he's actually he's actually listed at like 5'8", 275, which is beautiful. And then there's uh, one of my favorite fantasy players. I don't care if he hits 205. Frankly, this is, this is why I never win in fantasy. Adam can tell you, I usually just have a softball team. It's oh, just sure. all guys who are launch angle, 207 hitters with 200 strikeouts and, like, 27 bombs, uh, probably 53 ribbies because they don't do much beyond hit home runs. But Kyle Schwarber is one of my guys. And I was just looking at – I don't have him this year, and I was looking at the uh, box score yesterday. I'm like, ah, oh, there you go. Ah, oh, Schwarber had his sixth. And you're like, yeah, 211, 197, 202. Now, Joey Gallo actually falls in that same sort of hitter category, but Joey Gallo, Joey, uh, he's 6'5", like 230. So See Joey tripped over the base? Oh, no. It was, it was not good. Well, there's a Kyle Schwarber tale that was uh, reported, and it involves another one of our hometown heroes, like Joey Gallo, Chris Bryant from Vegas. And uh, Chris Bryant apparently misses Schwarbs. Yeah, well, uh, it was the big reunion yesterday with uh, the Nats coming to town and playing at, uh, at Wrigley. And certainly a warm welcome for John Lester uh, on the mound. But Schwarb- Schwarby was out in left field. And he was left a gift uh, by Chris Bryant, who also was out in left field. And he left a Twix bar on the field for Schwarber. So that when he came out, 
to take the position. He's like, oh, look at this. Now, Schwarby said he absolutely did eat it. Would you have eaten it? Do you trust that? Of course. First of all, Twix? I thought of that too. Not <laughs> not super high on Twix. Not bad. But you know, it's not like a it's not like a top five candy bar it's, for me. It's fine. Certainly wouldn't have been among my top choices. Uh, well you, sure. you should know doing the show this long that if you left me a candy bar, I'd be like, eh. I'm not really a candy bar guy. That's true. I was I was not allowed to eat candy bars as a kid because I was a lunatic. So my mother denied me most great candy. Sure. Same with sweet, you know, uh, sugary cereals. That was out. But wouldn't you think that that would mean as an adult you would go for those? No. No, I haven't. You would think, but I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't gorged on I haven't gorged on that. I if you were coming back, I would leave you one of those coffees that the guy Edward likes. Cuz we know no. you do that. I don't know. That's not me. That was that guy Edward at uh, Starbies, the ridiculous order. So but that would be the right thing to leave you, right? Is like a nice iced coffee. Oh, I would, I would, I would, I would love any kind of a, a candy or a cake. Oh, you would. Oh, over yeah. a coffee. Sure. Do you go get candy and cake every day? Well, no, because you're no. trying to cut weight. But sure. I didn't know you were. Oh. All right. Did you know he was a big candy and cake guy? I had no idea. I've been for a while, but I do love them. Yeah, you, we've sure. done shows together for like 15 years. Never seen you there. Like rip open a watch call it. I would love to. Actually, that's well, a good candy bar. No, it's not. I was going to say that's actually not a good choice either. Oh, I like it. But you know this? This is actually making. I know one of your favorites. One of your favorite things besides uh, candy, M and M's, is uh, is like stories that I see and then I forget to send them to you. Yes, I yell at you all the time Did about you? that because some of your best stuff I is need, just floating on Twitter. I need to go find this because I I can't remember where I saw it. Did you see somebody? Some rich person bought a soccer team, and then demanded the coach put his son on the team. Oh, really? And he's just a giant fat kid. Like, just a, a total Giuliani move. Yeah. This, well, by the, the way, I was reading up on Andrew Giuliani and his uh, gubernatorial run in New York. That should be fun. Wait, that, that's what he was like. The cheese fries kid? Yeah, the, the kid who was a little animal who, like, you know, during his dad's uh, intro speech. Chris Farley played him. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was like, he was like, Dad, we get some cheese fries. Yeah, okay. That was the whole, that was the whole thing. Sorry, I didn't get that part of the bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hold on. I so just, what? What team is this? Where are they? I just found the story. Oh, here, nightmare. Uh, it's so we're doing big six now. Apparently, we're a just Chinese off the path. Are you got that, Ari? You, you have a, You have a number six. No, this is five. It's it's a candy. Okay. So a Chinese millionaire bought a soccer team, and he demanded demanded that the kid play on the team. Uh, it's been widely shared on social media. Is it not true? Oh boy. This is sad. It's it's two years old. He actually was. It actually wasn't the case. But okay. You got it. You'll. By the way, this is why this stuff is sent to me, so that someone You'll can vet the story. Appreciate. Like, look, look at this kid out on the pitch. Boy, that's a fat. You're right. I he's would a, like that kid. He's a giant fat soccer. He is player. really fat. Wow. So we don't send know that picture out. We don't know the details yet of the story, but we do know that there's a just a picture of a giant fat kid playing soccer, and he's a, on the on a pro team. Number four. So we played a little bit of. Well, we thought we could from the Kwame Brown, Matt Barnes problems. We didn't get the Kwame and Stephen A. Smith. We'll have to play that tomorrow. Boy, oh, boy, he unloaded on on Stephen A. Have you seen that the uh, one of the more uh, recent basketball battles now is between Dennis Schroeder and Kyrie Irving? They got into it in a game a couple of weeks ago, got ejected, and now Schroeder is saying he's not going to wear his Kyrie's anymore. He's got like 30 to 40 pairs of Kyrie sneakers. How long do you think that'll last for? He said he's giving them all away. He said anyone who contacts him is in the running to get free shoes. 
Well, would if you're really upset at him, would you? Why would you want people to have his shoes? So just go the, the LeBron maybe route, route that people do on yeah on TikTok and other social media. Just burn everything. Yeah, maybe I think that would be the LeBron way doesn't to do burn it. the stuff. People burn LeBron stuff. Right, but I think that's the way to go. I don't think you give them out to people and spread them more. Let you know, make it make even a more make even a bigger deal of it. Now on the other side, you can say, hey, you're you know you're turning your animosity into some charity that is going to help some people, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you have to just, you have to destroy him if you really want to send a message. Did you see the details on the story? Like what, what Schroeder, why he's mad and why Kyrie was mad at him in the first place? No. Uh, Kyrie claimed that Schroeder was dropping N-bombs on him. Okay. Hey, he said the, the N-word is a derogatory slur. Throw that N-word out the window right alongside all those other racist words used to describe my people well I would just I would assume that there's no way shooters the only one throwing it out there on okay. the court so why is it is he more upset because he's European like, does that matter I don't know <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't say it I'm just I'm wondering why his you know his use is more upsetting than anybody else's there's got to be more to it than that. Isn't that like most of Kyrie the last couple of years? Of course. There's got to be more to it than that. Well, there's there's things that are bigger than basketball. Did you guys get into that yesterday about him no. saying not so important? No, because like, I basketball's just, not the most important thing in my life right I now. I, I, like, I love talking about Kyrie, but I also hate it because, like, I don't understand him a lot of the times. Like, I, I, I he's right, but, I, you know, I listened to what Stephen A. Smith said about it, and Remarkably, Stephen A. like wasn't his usual crazy worked-up self. He was like, "Listen, Kyrie, we all understand there's bigger things. Nobody, nobody on the planet has suggested that your goofiness is more important than like what's going on in Israel right now. Nobody suggested that. But like, why are you now making this assumption that we think you're bigger than that or more important than that? We don't. You're the one making yourself more important, which is absolutely true." Number three. A lot of battles out there. A lot of battles. Like Peter King against Raider Nation. Oh, they're mad. Oh, boy. They're, well, they're mad again. They're mad at everybody. Uh, Peter King on uh, said on the Raiders' belief that the Ravens were going to draft tackle Alex Leatherwood late in round one. He said, quote, my belief is the Ravens had a round three grade on Leatherwood, so they'd never have considered him late in the first and I saw so many people on this thread I think uh, Vic Tafer put this out from The Athletic so many responses on the thread were uh, as soon as he said my belief I'm out you understand what my belief means I mean it's not his personal opinion right exactly he was told by someone from the Ravens that there was a third grade or third round grade on the kid Which now, could... now that then now they could also be covering up and fibbing of course and he's also covering up for them directly by saying my belief. So it doesn't look like it came directly from someone in the Ravens. But you know it did. Th- this is, yeah, That's course. what it means. Of course it did. So stop. And then I, you know, then I saw some guy putting out biggest Raiders haters masquerading as unbiased media creatures. Peter King, Josh Duval, uh, Mark Slayworth, Ray Ratto. Like, okay. It's, it's, Slayworth probably hates the Raiders. And he, he's also sure. he's, he's playing it up because he knows it drives Raider Nation nuts. Sure. Uh, yeah, 
a lot of this is is what we talked about draft value and you you never know like we think certain teams had certain players at certain grades and they would have taken them in certain rounds uh and we we kind of analyze the draft based on those beliefs but you never know if they're true or not because they never have to be honest about it like there are certain things that do come out where you're like okay that sounds true like the fact that the Jaguars panicked and took ATN because they were convinced they were going to have Kadarius Tony, and then when he got taken they're like oh crap what do we do and they ended up taking ATN okay I mean that makes some sense and it seems like it's probably true but the other teams, when you're like, well, we weren't interested in that guy. You, you lost out on that guy and you weren't interested. Well, okay, you're saying that now. What, does that mean it would have happened on draft night? Nobody knows. And just especially to say a third-round grade like is such a, a slap in the face and such, such a way to try to attack the Raiders because they're attacking him back because the Raiders seem to insinuate that the Ravens were going to take him. And now the Ravens want to get back at the Raiders and say, uh, not only were we not going to take him, we wouldn't have taken him to the third round. Like All these things are so silly. And you'll never know the actual truth about most of these circumstances. Some of them you do. And I think some of them that come out, especially when guys get taken like and sniped away from you, maybe you hear the truth about them. But um, when a team takes a shot like that, and it wasn't a direct shot, it was a veiled, hey, the Ravens were going to take them. And then they have to come back and, and cover themselves and you know really rip into you by feeding it through a media member. It's all silliness. But the draft is so fun for these reasons, but it's also annoying and weird for these reasons. Number two. Is this the beginning of a revolution in college football, maybe into the NFL? There's a coach named Kevin Kelly who just got a college job. Oh, I hope it is. This would be great. So a lot of people have seen the story on this guy. Real Sports has done it, I think, a couple of times now. Uh, He doesn't punt. He's a coach that believes very much in, in analytics and data. Does not punt. Doesn't kick field goals. Doesn't kick extra points. All two-point conversions, all going forward on fourth down, all onside kicks all the time from this guy, which is awesome. I love it. And he wins title after title after title. He's produced a bunch of NFL talent uh, at his uh, prep school in Arkansas. And now uh, he is going to the college level. And supposedly, from some of the stories that are out there, uh, there are some coaches that really have their eye on how this works at the next level, including Bill Belichick and Dabo. Uh, Belichick actually is friends with this guy through some weird connection in that uh, his gal, uh, Linda Holiday, I think her name is. You love her. Is that who, that's who, who she is, I believe. Uh, her daughters went to this school in Arkansas. And so he became friends with Belichick through there. Uh, Belichick is kind of on the record talking about his uh, innovative approach and is going to be looking to see how it works out. Uh, all coaches are, and they should. And by the way, this is not some lunatic, like just crazy, ah, I'm going to do this. Like he's got math to back up almost everything. And in fact, he hasn't committed yet to onside kicks every every uh, kickoff like he did in high school because he says he still needs to run the data on the difference between the 40-yard line and the 35-yard line and see how much different that makes it in terms of you know what it does at the next level. So he is all all data focused all the time. Uh, with his with his approach to the game, and I am very interested to see how it works uh, now that he is going to the college game and to see how he brings it in and how they can compete. Now, is the school at Presbyterian, they don't have scholarships. So, you know, in football, they don't. So he's going to go in, be completely, you know, over uh, overmatched, I would say, in terms of athletes, 
But if it works, there's going to be a lot of people taking notice. Number one. What has to work tonight? Knights have to score goals, right? That's clear. Score yeah, goals that, that, and yeah, not yeah, let yeah, Minnesota yeah, score? Yeah, you have to. Those are the basics. But, I mean, it, the, this playoff run now, going back to the end of last year, it's been crazy. Yeah. I mean. And I know, you know, DeBoer's getting pissy about it. It's frustrating because, well, like, what's the right answer? How do you how do you make sure? Because they're, they're getting opportunities. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you said, you said it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's true. Like, what do they have to do? finish chances like they've been generating plenty of chances we talked about it earlier 12 of their last 13 playoff games they've won the battle in terms of chances and expected goals and shots all of the analytics they've won 12 of the last 13 yet they're five and eight in those games so you want to continue to do that you want to continue to generate those chances but you've got to find ways to finish them you've got to find ways to convert whether that's you know putting better shots on the net whether that's you know, getting traffic in front to block the the vision of the goaltender. Uh, we talked about earlier, Jonathan Marshall said, hey, we focus too much on that in the playoffs. We don't play our game because we're fighting too hard to get to the front of the net because that's what we think is important in the playoffs. Maybe just go back to playing our game and playing the way that we play is what Marshall Marth- said. So um, I, I don't necessarily think it's it's about those things. I think it's just it's, it's finishing the chances that you do get and finding ways to actually put those high danger chances and turning those expected goals into actual goals and, and putting those on the net. Brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Coming up in five, we're going to check in with one of the uh, Philly radio guys, uh, our buddy John Marks, get into the Eagles coming to town, Eagle fans coming to town. Oh, we've been uh, trying to get uh, each of the cities on at least uh, someone, you know, someone in the media, maybe a former player too, uh, bring them in, talk about the game. So Eagles are up today, John Marks, in just a couple. Uh, news in from UNLV basketball that uh, – Another one of the guys recruited by T.J. Altsberger is going to be leaving the program. No Nick Blake. So that's disappointing because I think Nick Blake has a ton of upside. The local guy. And, uh, yeah, all we have right now came down about 15 minutes ago from the school. Uh, Kevin Kruger saying, we appreciate all that Nick has contributed to our program and we wish him the best in the future. They mutually part ways. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I, I think, you know, as you, you were pointing out there, a guy that not only showed flashes, uh, you know, last year, but has some serious potential and uh, a good you know cornerstone of the program to be a local kid who uh, has a lot of you know connections locally and is you know pretty pretty well respected in the community just kind of sucks to lose a guy like that do you uh, if the Knights don't win tonight get back to the uh, the task at hand here which is uh, Knights game two against the wild how much blowback do you think DeBoer will get for if he does go away from the rotation and it looks like he's going to with Flurry and Leonard and going with Flurry how much blowback do you think he gets if they lose the game? Not much because, I mean, if it was the other way, he'd get a ton. Do you think there's a lot more pro Flurry people in town? Yeah, I think, like, listen, Flurry played great, and he's played really well all season. But if Flurry gave up 34 goals tonight, 
people would say, oh, the defense sucked. Like, th- that's just that's just what it is. Like, there is a huge contingent that that thinks Marc-Andre Fleury could do no wrong. And really, he hasn't. Like, he's been really good. But it wouldn't matter. Like, it, it's a very safe – what I'm getting at is a very safe choice among most of the fan base to go with Fleury. You know, if he does make mistakes, it's not like people are going to come down on him. If, if he went the other way, if Leonard – if Leonard lost a game like he lo- like Flurry lost the other day, people would say, "See, Leonard sucks." Like that's just that's just where people are. Um, so Flurry is a safe a safe choice, I think. I think it protects you from a lot of that blowback that you might get uh, from from the majority of people. Again, not everybody's the same, but I I do think if if a, if any of the concern is what the reaction will be, uh, then Flurry is the way to go. And we're gonna have a mystery on Patcheretti all the way up until the game. Yeah, and then and then next game again, whether whether he plays or not. Right. Uh, you're gonna have a mystery on every player. Every player, I think, is day to day. You and get so frustrated when we talk about injuries. It's insane. I, and I, I, you know, are they are the Golden Knights different than every yes. other NHL team? Yes. And every other team in sports. And and I do think it's gonna and change. every other team in sports. Yeah. Well, football is it's required. Right. Baseball, like you hear all the time. Like Mike Trout got hurt today. Do the Angels say, well, he's week to week with a lower body injury? Or do they say he's going to miss six to eight weeks with a calf injury? Which one was it? And then people are like, well, it's physical. Hockey, it's physical. You can take a shot at somebody. NFL. (laughs) NFL tells you. It's insane. And, by the way, it will change. Like, all these deals, all these deals with the sports books and, you know, with that that the, the leagues are making and that the NHL is making and that the Golden Knights are making, it will change. This will be this will be a force change soon. Any team that tries to be quiet about it will stop. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Having a good time uh, this evening at Samstown. Going to be here until 8 o'clock watching the Golden Knights game. Coming out east side of town. Legendary spot. We got t-shirts. Got other prizes. We got uh, a sign-up for a Golden Knights jersey as well. Uh, puck drops right around 7, right, Adam? Or are we at 7.30? It's 7, but it'll be 7, 7.07, 7.08. Okay, 7.07. Uh, let's get into what's going on with the uh, Raiders schedule. We're talking to uh, the folks who are coming to town, and uh, Philly's up. Week 7, Philly is in town. The Eagles come to Raiders Stadium. That should be interesting. We'll see how many Eagles fans travel across the country. John Marks covers the scene in Philly. Gives us a couple minutes. How you doing, John? Uh, Eagles fans will be extremely annoying on the strip when they come out. Guaranteed. Uh, you know what? It's funny. I just mentioned it when I was, I was teasing you like two hours ago. I was like, I, I think Eagles fans are going to be out here uh, in the stadium. I think they're going to be okay. On the streets of Vegas, on the strip, where a lot of Raider Nation will be, I'd be careful. Yeah, I, I don't. I, like, I don't. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be like a, a problem with fights. They're yeah. just, I mean, we're just really annoying, and when we we go to opposing cities, we're all over the place. You you literally like I, I would I would like to go to to Las Vegas 364 days a year, but not the day that Eagles fans are in Las Vegas. I'll yeah. pass. I'm well, good on that. We've seen it with the Golden Knights. Like even that first year, Flyers fans just freaking invaded that arena. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. We and, have and a, like and like we and, have the, a, and the and. The, and the, the, I'll just tell you, the, the early crowd, some of the early folks who were at uh, Vegas Golden Knights games were kind of wine and cheese folks, and I think they were shocked by the <laughs> Flyers fans. They really were. 
Yeah, yeah, we're a little, we're a little bit different. We're a little bit different. It, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, I know a lot of Eagles fans are really looking forward to going out there. It's a great looking new stadium. It's nice that that people can actually go in it. Is it going to matter that they're zero and six? What the Eagles? Uh, the Eagles? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're going to be zero and six, but they could be one and five. Uh, and you know, fans won't care for the most part. These trips are being booked right now. Like <laughs> we have a, there's a couple of pretty big fan groups that are already like sold out of the trips that are going out there. So, oh, wow. you know, it, it, won't, it won't be as crazy because they're not good. But I think we know that going into the season. Is there a breaking point for Eagles fans? I mean, you don't know every Eagles fan and what their what their wallet holds, but. The tickets are ridiculous this first year, especially, you know, if you're trying to come in from out of market, you're going to get bashed over the head from a money standpoint. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, it, what is, whatever it's going to cost is what they do. I mean, like, wow. like you know, Eagle season tickets are, are one thing, but I know, like, a, a lot of people talk about this. If you want Flyers season tickets for half of what, whatever the schedule is, 40-some home games, I mean, like, that's what people do for leisure. They don't go on vacation. They don't go to the Caribbean. They don't go down the shore. They go to Flyers games as their vacation. So that's what they use their money on. Uh, I mean, before we even get into a little bit more, like, is there a chance that they could be in the Deshaun Watson market? We heard that rumor pop up again the other day. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're – so, like, here's one thing that the Eagles have, have refused to do. Jalen Hurts is their starting quarterback, even though they won't say that he's their starter because there's this ridiculousness of, well, he's competing with Joe Flacco. I don't think anybody really believes that Joe Flacco is going to beat out Jalen Hurts. But make no mistake about it, any chance that the Eagles have been – been given to say Jalen Hurts is our quarterback going forward or Jalen Hurts is our quarterback, they haven't done that. And I believe that's because they are very, very clearly leaving their options open. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson. Like, it was Diana Rossini of ESPN. It was Peter King a couple days before that. Um, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle on his podcast, and he wrote about it yesterday. He says that the team that would be interested in Deshaun Watson would be the Eagles. People connect the dots because they have the first round draft picks, etc. But, like, if Deshaun Watson becomes available, they will very much be involved in that. Yes. Do you do you get the sense that they didn't think this quarterback class was five deep? Because I I thought they could have made a move and potentially got one of the quarterbacks. It seemed maybe they looked at it and said, well, we think two of them are really good, maybe not the other ones, and, and then they decided that, to back out of that market. I think you said it because they, they had an opportunity. Remember, uh, originally Miami had the third pick. The Eagles had the sixth pick. The 49ers had the 12th pick. The Eagles and Dolphins were talking about swapping. The Dolphins go back to six. The Eagles go to three. But they wanted Zach Wilson. And when it became pretty clear that Zach Wilson was going to the Jets, that's when the deal got done and they went back to 12. And the 49ers went up to three because they like Trey Lance. So I think you're 100% right. They thought it was a two-quarterback draft. If they could have gotten Zach Wilson, they would have taken Zach Wilson. But he wasn't there. They opted not to take a Trey Lance or, or a Justin Fields. I, yeah, I was mildly surprised that they didn't grab a quarterback, but I guess they looked at a guy like Justin Fields and said Jalen Hurts kind of – we look at Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts kind of as like the same caliber quarterback, so we'll just keep the guy we have. Did you like moving up to get Devontae Smith instead of just getting an offensive lineman? Well, yes, I did, and they were sitting at six, so they decided what I believe they decided at six, and they properly read how the draft played out. They couldn't get Pitts. They couldn't get uh, Jamar Chase, so instead of overdrafting Devontae Smith, they went back to 12. Problem was that they, they wanted one of four, four players. They wanted the two corners, and they wanted Waddle or Devontae Smith, and when they got to nine and Sertan goes to, to Denver, it was one of those oblique moments. They're like, okay, now, now – 
none of our guys are going to be there uh, unless we jump up and get them at 10. So they were fortunate that the Cowboys were willing to, to play ball and make a trade with them. They screwed the Giants out of getting Devontae Smith. But, I, yes, I, I think it was a good draft pick, and um, he's certainly he's needed because they need offensive talent on this team for sure. So I'm not sure if you're a sports radio dork like I am, but I actually went through the schedule last week, and I, you know, I gave my pick for the Raiders. I gave my record for the season. I was glass overflowing. I went 10 and seven, and I had him, you know, off to a great start at the beginning of the season. Uh, I guess you can answer if you went through the schedule. But what do you think the Eagles are going to do after you saw that schedule? What do you think they're going to do? Of course, we we went over the schedule. We went yes. over the schedule, then we did it again the next day, and then we did it again the next day. Uh, you know, it, it's it, like it's the one day a year where you overdo it and you say that you're, you're you're winning more games than you probably should or would. I had seven and ten. There are a lot of fans that were saying nine wins, ten wins. Uh, here's here's how the Eagles would be better than most people expect this year, and the Ve- the Vegas under over under six and a half. They're better if both of the lines, right? Like last year, the Eagles were so bad. Their offensive line, everybody was hurt, so they couldn't protect Carson Wentz, and then Carson Wentz was terrible. But they, so the offensive line is is everybody's healthy. They actually have some depth because some rookies and some other players were able to play last year and gain experience. And then their defensive line is actually. You know, a pretty good unit. They just signed Ryan Kerrigan, a former Washington football team defensive end. Uh, he's going to be a rotational guy, similar to what Chris Long did when they won the Super Bowl. He's going to come in, probably play 15 snaps a game. They're hoping he gets five, six, seven sacks on the season. Uh, but they also lack in the secondary a second cornerback. Their defense isn't very good. They're, I mean, I think that they're a, like, they're a seven-win team. I do. That, that's what I believe, seven wins. And I think I was being generous with that. And I gave them a loss to the, to the Las Vegas Raiders when I went the wins and losses. Interesting. I guess, well, I had something else to ask you, but we'll just go right into that one. Why do you think that this is a loss? Why is that, why is that a tough matchup? Um, normally, in with at least with the Eagles, and I think with a lot of teams with younger teams, it's it, like last year with Justin Herbert. It took, like they had a lot of close games, but they couldn't find a way to win games. This year, you're looking for the Chargers to kind of and Justin Herbert to make that next jump and win these games. I just don't think this team and this quarterback and and their skill guys are mostly young and their defense isn't isn't great. I just think on the road they're going to struggle. And I think they're going to struggle in Las Vegas. And uh, the the, um, the 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 Raiders' offense is—I don't think it's a great offense. It's a good offense, and I just think it's a bad matchup for uh, for what the Eagles do well. If Ruggs is healthy, he could potentially have a couple of big plays. They can run the ball now with uh, with two good running backs. So I just like 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 an average young team on the road. I don't think you're going to win many games. You're going from East Coast all the way to West Coast. So I think the Eagles will do relatively well at home. But they're only favored in two games going in. Westgate, I guess, had their uh, had put out all their lines today. They're favored in two games. So it tells you what a lot of people think of them. Yeah, and this one's uh, Raiders minus three and a half. Yeah, and listen, I think that's generous. Same three and a half, right? Like I was expecting maybe a four or a five. Um, I guess that's I guess that's the lines makers saying they don't have a lot of confidence in the Raiders either, just by giving them a, a three and a half point spread at home. Um, you know, listen, it 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 always breaks differently than than a lot of people think, right? You're always going to have that game that you think you can't win that you win. You're always going to have that game that you know you're going to win and you end up losing. So at some point, you, know, you get a couple surprising teams this year, and and maybe the Eagles could be one of them. So what's going on in Philly in terms of opening up the city? Um, I mean, I, I walked into a Target this morning, and I had no idea that, that people weren't going to be wearing masks. So I was kind of kind of shocked. There was the cashier who didn't have a mask on, 
And there were some, like, you, know, you just haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, I really haven't seen anybody in any stores without masks on. But everything's going to be pretty much open here. It's, it's happening pretty quick. I've been vaccinated here for, um, for probably two months. My wife's vaccinated. We have a, uh, we have a, she's pregnant, so she's due in July. So we're still going to be, you know, still going to be a little bit cautious. My, I have younger kids that aren't vaccinated, too, so we gotta got to be careful. But, you know, Citizens Bank Park is, is going to be 50% on Friday when the Red Sox come into town. And then in the second week of June, it goes to 100% capacity. And then the Wells Fargo Center, so for the 76ers, they're probably their first two-round series would be uh, would be 50%, or maybe the second round would go at 100%. But if they make the Eastern Conference Finals and they have the number one seed, they would host the games, they would have a full house. So they, it's, it's getting back to normal, guys. I know, that, uh, I, know, I know that you guys out there are so dependent on, on tourists and things like that, but it seems like we're getting back to normal here on the East Coast. You guys out and about doing road shows now? No, we're not, and it's been nice not uh, not – being out and about doing road shows, but I would assume on Fridays we do. Um, there's a, a famous, a couple of famous sports bars in Philly called Chickies and Pete's, so yes. right by the stadium. So we do a Monday show during football season from there, and then we go to Fridays during non-football season. And Brandon Graham, the Eagles defensive end, I do a show with him on Monday nights after our show. So I would expect in September that we will be back to normal and we will be out and about like we were before. Well, just so you know, if you're going to do a road trip to uh, Vegas, you'll have a Chickies and Pete's here in Vegas at the Sahara. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is that open now? Uh, not yet. They're they're close. They're close. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I got I got to talk to Pete about that. That is awesome. Yes, I will. We will definitely check that out when we come out. Uh, my one concern, though, when you come to Vegas, you got to be clean. Can't smell. Got to be real clean. And I uh, I don't know how you reacted to the Joy Taylor claim that everyone should be showering twice a day. Did you see this whole thing? Yeah. Um. I I if if I I actually saw someone say if there wasn't hot water, how many times would you shower a week? And I think my answer was three. Or, like, not every other day. So, like, twice a day? No. I'm good with, after I get off with you guys, I'm going to go take a shower and go to sleep. Once a day is good for me. (laughs) Well, her whole thing is, uh, one, you should never go into your clean sheets all dirty. And then, of course, the next day you got to start off with another shower, man. Radio's yeah, we, we, I agree we with the first part. Ladder, I, I, I don't even think my wife would let me in the bed if I didn't take a shower before I got in the bed. But I'm not taking one tomorrow morning. Sorry. <laughs> I'm out. I love it. Hey, John, we appreciate a couple minutes. We know it's uh, late where you are. Well, you know, uh, not that late, but we appreciate it. No, it's not that late. You're good, bro. No, it's it's awesome. I I, I really appreciate you stepping up and doing these spots. Thank you. Yeah, love it. See ya. Order order some crab fries for us. Yes. John Marks, WIP in Philly. See, I thought they were already out. I thought they were out doing shows. We are. Uh, We've been out the whole time. (laughs) No, no. I was going to try to count it up, but I didn't want to make it look like I don't want to make it look like we were uh, patting ourselves on the back, but, I mean, I think we are, we are past, like, 100 shows during the pandemic on the road. At least. And I've got friends who are like, I haven't gone to the station in a year. Well, road? We have what? a friend that said he's put less than 100 miles on his car in the last 15 months. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so Joy Taylor from uh, Colin's show said that you gotta you got to shower twice a day. Oh, her and, – and she was talking about, as, as he just pointed out, the question was if there was no hot water. And she oh. said twice a day. Oh, with cold. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was the original question. Yeah, that was I only the caught, question. I only caught her answering. Okay. Yeah. And then people were like, "Wait, that's that's 14 showers a week with cold, cold water." water. Yeah. Now my my question would be, is it? You're saying no hot? Can we go like lukewarm, or is it like freezing cold water? Like this is going to be an adventure. Every single shower is going to be an adventure. I don't I don't know if you have the. It's not even just the, the. 
I don't know if patience is the right word. Like that that's a lot of stress. I mean a lot of stress. Sh- on the body? Yeah, so like you're like stepping in the you're like ah, uh, the cold. I mean I guess you adjust to it eventually. The, the, like every time you step in you gotta like prepare yourself mentally. I mean who would live in a cold weather weather area? Mm, a good at point. that point. Yeah. But people have. I mean obviously there there wasn't hot water a couple hundred years ago. I mean, I would. You could, I guess you could get one of the old timey tubs and pour freaking hot water in. Of course, yeah, of course, I'd, I'd try to bend the rules as much as I can. Like you boil a pot of water and bring it. Try to just try to drop that on yourself instead of a, taking a, a, sh- a, a pot of boiling hot water. Well, it wouldn't be boiling by the time you poured it on yourself. By the time you carry it up to the to the bathroom and that's not stressful too. Yeah, but it's better. I'd rather burn than freeze. I don't think so. Well, it's not going to be boiling when you. By the time you bring it upstairs, I love these conversations because there was a woman signing up for one of our giveaways, and she was all excited that Sports Radio was here. And then I start talking about showering with John Marks, and she just she did that slow head rise where she was like, "What the? <laughs> what are they talking about?" Those, that's yeah. the appropriate reaction of any listener to anything we do. Want more Cofield and Company? The guys are back with their late night pod tonight at 10:30. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Man, baseball is a crazy game. It really is. We got this uh, twins anger at the White Sox because one of the White Sox hitters hit a freaking bomb off a position player. was throwing 47 miles an hour. Then LaRusa gets on his own player instead of having his back. Sounds similar to last year with the nonsense with Fernando Tatis Jr. And Jace Tingler had to back down on that one real quick. And then Rocco Baldelli saying today, well, we understand LaRusa is mad at him, but, uh, you know, that doesn't really quell the emotions in our clubhouse. How about get more emotional about the fact that you're like 13 games under 500 and you're 40 games into the season? Twins suck. And that your pitching staff stinks so bad you have to throw position players out there because you're getting blown out. Worry about that. My other point with baseball is a nutty game. There was a guy who used to do a feature. He probably still does. Kevin Pillar. Did you see him get drilled in the face yesterday? I did. Did you see the pictures of him today? Uh, Oh, my God. He didn't look good. This is like post-freaking... Post John Jones fight, like just just his nose is all jacked up. It looks like he's got like I don't know what he's got stitches down the middle of his nose. He's wearing the the freaking tampon in his right nostril. His eyes are all blown up. It looks like Michael Chandler looked after the title fight the other night. He got uh, he got nailed in the face by a pitch, and then he got up and was like he's bleeding all over the place. Yeah, so the, quite quite jarring image. The broken bridge of the nose was rough, and of course, all I was thinking about is like, I guess I don't regret dropping him in fantasy as much now. Now that he's not going to play, that's all he, that matters. He hadn't played for like two weeks, so I dropped him, and then all of a sudden he hit a couple of home runs, stole I was, base. I was laughing at you because you're in the league I'm in, and he's hitting cleanup. I'm like, you dropped Ugh, him. I actually, sucked. I mentioned it to him, like, well, do you drop him on, what's going on here? Yeah, he hadn't played in two weeks, and that all happened. of a sudden he started hitting as soon as I dropped him, but now I'm not as worried anymore. That's all it took. That's all I, that's all I was thinking about. God, you're something i don't, I don't want to stick your hand in there dave callous is a good word it's a real good one i'm a writer so the chandler Oliveira fight was pretty good yeah really good i mean it didn't last very long 
It was great. I mean, Chandler almost had him stop like three different times in the first round. Uh, Oliveira reversed it, almost finished him in the first round also, and then just comes out like a like a man on fire in the second. And in fact, I think Chandler, two, two of the judges had 10-8 first round for Chandler. So DW nails it again with a good fight booking, right? He, put, he brings in Michael Chandler. Let's have him fighting at a high level right away. Let's make fights. All right, UFC is not perfect in terms of making the fights, but it's not boxing. True. This heavyweight division stuff, like, it just, every time there's an announcement out, I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. It's a mess. And last and week, there was all this excitement about Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua going at it, and now, no fight? No, the, there was a stipulation in the contract between Fury and Wilder that had to go to an arbitrator, and the arbitrator ruled yesterday that Fury owes Wilder another fight before he can do another one. So he's going to have to fight uh, Deontay Wilder again before the Anthony Joshua fight can happen. Good news for us, though. Looks like it's going to happen at Allegiant Stadium in July. Fury Wilder, that's a pretty fun boxing match to have at Allegiant with what should be just a couple of weeks after Garth Brooks at Allegiant. Should be a full house. Is it going to be a fun one? Yeah. You're going to go down this path. Of it's going to be a good fight? No, that it's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> like, what are you, well, what are you doing? arbitrator said it has to. All right. I mean, legally, they're bound to it now, unless somebody gets hurt, I guess, would be the be the caveat. I mean, I don't think the arbitrator could actually make somebody step in the ring if they don't, if they don't want to. But that's the fight that has to be made. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Did you see that the New York Racing Association stepped in on Bob Baffert and said, you're not welcome. He gone. I didn't expect that. What took so long? Yeah, multiple-time cheater. Yeah, embarrassed the sport with all the nonsense at the Kentucky Derby. Then he started to try to go down. Uh, he was going to go down the legal path. Then he then he did admit, oh, wait, we did. After, you know, telling stories about, you know, cough syrup and grooms pissing on uh, hay. You know, all that nonsense. And then a day and a half later, he's like, eh, you know what? We did actually put the, the cream of the clear on the horse. I don't think that's what he said, but something like that. Andrew? Sure. It was Andrew. <laughs> yeah. It was a good move. I mean, the, the horse had the clear. Yeah. Sorry. Our bad. The horse. So, so New York's like, eh, it is your bad. Don't come here. The horse actually hit a home run off a 47-mile-per-hour pitch. It was impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, he's he's – He's embarrassed the sport enough times now, I guess, that they're actually doing something about That's it. But it. we'll see. How long typical, will it last? Typical New York. How long will it last? Cancel culture. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. I mean, I, I hope that this – I mean, you feel silly. You kind of feel bad for the horse. He's not going to get to run, although I don't think he cares that he's running in a race. Oh, I think they care. Do they? I think they know. I'm still crushed because I feel like the horse we saw earlier is probably dead now. Oh, there was an accident? Yeah. I've been kind of sad about it all day. I can't believe you said the horse doesn't know. Animals animals know things. They know what they're used to. Your dogs don't know? Sure, they don't know that they're they don't know that they're, the race that they're in is a big race or a little race. Can I tell you that uh, our one one of our cats, the, uh, the the tabby, the orange one, we got it a haircut. We've gotten this cat a haircut a bunch of times. We get it the lion cut, right? It's really, really short. He's been like, he's been pissed since. Like, I'm not the one who took him to the groomer. Uh, right. The SO did, and he, he like, he will not go around her. 
he he go he goes out. He used to he'd be outside like maybe seven hours a day. He's outside now like 19 hours a day. He's just like I don't want to. I don't want to see either either one of you. My dogs definitely get pouty. This haircut sucks. Yeah. So they know you don't. So if my cat knows he's got a bad haircut and he feels naked, you don't think the horse is all pissed? He doesn't get to freaking run all out against other horses and kick their ass? Yeah, he's mad. 